Today's episode is brought to you by iGUIDE. Agents, you already know you need professional photography for your listings, but do you know what else you need that is equally important but overlooked by the majority of realtors? 3D tours and accurate floor plans. National Association of Realtors has found that buyers rate floor plans as the third most important part of a listing, even more important than neighborhood information. Also, 20% of buyers will ignore listings that do not contain floor plans. iGUIDE has the most accurate floor plans and best virtual tour technology in the industry. Visit goiguide.com to find a local photographer for your next listing. Top producers know the value of floor plans and virtual tours. Take your business to the next level by visiting goiguide.com. That's go, the letter I, guide.com. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Barry Karch, who is known as the real estate unsalesperson. And specifically for all of you out there going, how come you don't interview a lot of introverts? Uh, well, today we are interviewing an introvert who has become a very successful realtor, and I think his story will be very uh, inspiring, and he'll provide a lot of insight for all of us that don't consider ourselves extroverts. I personally think of myself as an introvert, so I love this conversation. So we'll be speaking with Barry in just a moment, but before we get to Barry, just a couple of quick reminders. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, how about helping us grow our show by just telling one other agent about us? So think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing this great conversation you're about to hear from Barry and send them a link to our show. So they can send you can send them right over to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com or pull up whatever podcast app they're using and search for Keeping It Real. Hit that subscribe button. And also, please leave us a review. You know, if you're listening in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Pandora or gosh, all the other places you can listen to podcasts, leaving us a review helps us know what we're doing right and how we can improve as well. So we appreciate it. But guys, enough about me. This is the end of the year. In fact, you might even be hearing this in January because we are even super behind. So I don't know if it's happy new year yet or happy end of the year. Either way, we're so glad to have you on the, uh, listening to our show, part of our community. And uh, we're, we thank you. So on to our interview with Barry Karch. Today on the show, we have Barry Karch, who is a podcast host. His show is called The Real Estate Unsalesperson, which we have, by the way, have a link to in our show notes. He's also a top producing realtor in El Paso, Texas. But let me tell you a little bit more about Barry. Now, Barry Karch has always considered himself an unlikely realtor. He's quiet, introverted, and unsalesy. Maybe that's the best quality. I love unsalesy. Uh, but he's really not your prototypical, he does not have the prototypical formula for real estate brokerage success. Yet, Barry has been a top-selling realtor for 36 years, which is beyond amazing. He sells as, as, as many uh, as 100 homes per year. He's also the broker owner of a real estate brokerage in El Paso, uh, which is called the Real Estate Powerhouses. He has come to realize that being an introvert in real estate actually gives him many advantages 
over his more extroverted colleagues. He has created a podcast called The Real Estate Unsalesperson to encourage and inspire his fellow introverted realtors and has just launched The Unsalesperson Community, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash unsalesperson. That link is also in our show notes. His mission is to teach introverts that they have what it takes to succeed in real estate. Uh, And before I welcome Barry, I would like to say that we are so grateful to have Barry on not only as a fellow podcast host that we can help support each other in that community, but also I have been dying to have an introverted realtor or someone who identifies as introverted and and wants to talk about it on our show for, for years now. So we are so grateful to have Barry. Barry, welcome to the show. Hi, DJ. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to being on your show, and I, I really enjoy it. Well, I, uh, I'm so glad you uh, have the podcast you have, because I think, you know, I don't know what the percentage of introverts are in, in society, at least here in the United States, but it is a significant, not insignificant chunk of people. And a lot of realtors who do identify or do are do classify themselves as introverted, oftentimes do feel lost um, because they see agents who are a lot more, um, you know, extroverted doing things that they feel, boy, I'm not comfortable uh, there. So I'm so glad we're going to have this conversation because I, I've seen many introverted realtors rise to the very top, uh, like, like yourself, you're in that category, of course. So I would love to go all the way back 36 years though, because that is <laughs> quite an accomplished career. Um, really, truly impressive. And would love to know about how you got into real estate and why real estate all those years ago. Good question. And you know, I'm still asking myself that. It was, <laughs> I, I, I was a very unlikely accidental realtor. I didn't anticipate ever going into real estate. I never planned to be in real estate. When I went to school, I went to, I went after high school, I went to college because that's my, my parents said, you'll go to college. That's and what you're supposed to do. That's what I'm yeah. supposed to do. So I went yeah. to college at university of Texas at Austin mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I was a good student. Uh, I got A's pretty much in everything. I was a good student. So school was not a problem for me. My strengths were math numbers. I was very detail oriented, which are not, uh, fields that realtors oftentimes are, are good at. A lot of times realtors aren't very detail yeah. numbered people. But I was good at that. So I probably would have been better at accounting, engineering, something like that. Sure. I probably was more suited to that. But I didn't really have a calling when I was in my early 20s. I didn't really have a passion for anything in particular. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I went through school. Um, I'm always jealous of the people that know what they want to do early on in life. I wish yeah. I was one of those people. I but feel the same way. Yeah, yeah I didn't know. And so my parents were in real estate and they seemed to be doing quite well, not knowing what to do. I decided, I guess I'll just follow them and go into real estate too. So I went in there by default because I couldn't think of anything else to do. That's how it all started. Uh, yeah. Well, look, it's, I love the, I love the honesty there. And I'm always, again, I feel the same way about how I was so jealous of people that knew that at 18 or 19 that, oh, I'm going to be a, a doctor. And so they absolutely start down that path. And, you know, I guess eight, eight or 10 years later, they they've done it. But I, boy, I, I was the same way. I was like, I don't really know what I want. And um, I didn't really discover marketing, which, which is really, I didn't even discover that in college. I had to, to leave, you know, graduate school and then ended up 
you know, found myself in, in marketing uh, mm-hmm. all those years later. So um, I, I definitely appreciate that. And so what I'm curious about is, and so as somebody who talks to newly licensed agents almost daily, in fact, the reason I was a little bit late to our show was I was talking to a broker that's just about, or rather a person who's about to become a broker uh, in about a week and um, trying to give her some advice about how to get started and maybe what to look for in a firm. And she uh, also identifies as introverted. So it's just mm. a coincidence that I, I had this conversation just before our, our conversation here. Um, and I think that introverts, it's it can be very scary um, thinking, well, gosh, I see so much extroverted activity by other realtors. Um, I'm curious on how you got started and, and how you prospected, because that's traditionally thought of as an extroverted activity. I'm going to proactively reach out to people I know or, or, or meet new people. Um, not that introverts can't do those things, um, but that, that often becomes energy draining, um, you know, certain types of those activities for introverts. So I'm curious on how you got started, um, what worked for you. And um, I imagine that might even be different from what somebody who identifies as an extrovert said how they got started. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what I did at the beginning, but I, bear in mind, I started in the Stone Age because remember it was 36 years ago. So sure. the world was completely different back then. There was no social media, there right. was no internet, there were no mobile phones. I mean, it was a different world when I started in the business. So um, back in those days, um, we would uh, we would take floor time in the office when calls came in. I would follow up on leads. Um, when I first joined the business, my father, who had been in business for a while, he gave me a stack of old leads, like from months and months ago, people he sure. never had time to follow up with. He's like, here, call these people. So that's what I did at the very beginning. And like you said, uh, making phone calls isn't my idea of a lot of fun. It's not my favorite <laughs> thing to do in the world. But on the other hand, I also want to be successful and I do enjoy eating. So I guess I, <laughs> I, the, the, the fear of calls was over overtaken by the fear of not being successful and not having food on the table. So yeah. I just forced myself to go ahead and make some phone calls and reach out to people. I wasn't going to let it limit me or, or stop me from doing what I knew I needed to do to be successful. So I reached out to a bunch of people, made phone calls and in doing it, um, I found out that most people are pretty friendly when you call them. They're pretty nice. It wasn't so bad. And once you get going, you kind of get on a little roll and it's a little easier. The first call is the hardest and then it gets a little easier and easier. So I just kind of overcame my fears of it and just forced myself to do it. So that's how I started out way back when. I, when I started in, um, I started uh, in financial services in about 2001, and that was also, even though the internet certainly existed and (laughs) and was was used by most people, the telephone was still a very viable way to reach people that you didn't know. Cold calls, you know, this was right after um, some of the do not call stuff went into effect, Mm -hmm. but, but it was still 
doable. Um, and it maybe it's still doable now. It's just, I think, harder making sure you're calling people that are, are you know, you're allowed to call. Right. But, um, but I had the same sort of experience. And I, I think of myself probably as more extroverted than introverted. Uh, although I, I have some introverted qualities, uh, maybe all of us have, have a little bit of both, but, but certainly, um, I lean more on the extroverted side. And I remember they gave me, <laughs> they gave, they gave me a phone book really. Um, and it was, a it was a little bit more than a phone book, but that's essentially what it was. And they said, here you go, make 200 dials a day. And this was for being a financial advisor. And, um, I found the same thing. I, I would have people that, you know, weren't interested, um, but I rarely ever got yelled at. And I thought <laughs> even as somebody who's extroverted, it was hard for me to pick up the phone. Um, every morning I had to have a little talk with myself. It, and then after, like you said, after the first few calls, you're like, oh, it's not so scary. Um, and, and I'm not so sure that that, that, that works in, in 2021 as, as it did when you started and, and when I started in, in a different industry. But it was a good way to get over that fear. I, I, I was glad for that experience because it, it told me, oh, I can, I can make a random phone call to somebody I don't know and not, not be completely immobilized by the fear there where in the past I would have been. Um, right, right. And also I did a similar thing. I remember uh, back in the day, we had what was called a crisscross directory. That's yes. We, we had ours was called the Haynes. Uh, Haynes was the company that made I the one I, the I same used. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were called the crisscross and they were giant, massive, intimidating books full of phone numbers. Yeah. I would do that for like an hour every morning to start the day calling around neighbors around listings or around homes that were sold to see if they wanted uh, any help also. So yeah, not uh, not my favorite thing to do, but I I did it. I forced myself to do it. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a good skill to have. And whenever I talk to somebody who is says, you know, I think I'm going to try calling expired listings or for sale by owner listings. Which for everyone listening, um, there's a lot of services online that will sell you that data on a daily basis. Um, those those are difficult phone calls um, because. Those are people that are either upset with their realtor possibly for not having a home sell, or they're just people that don't want that are choosing not to work with a realtor. Um, so they can be difficult phone calls, but I encourage people to try it, not because I think it works so well, because it probably doesn't work that well anymore, but it's great experience of just learning how to pick up the phone and sort of get your way through that fear because I think that same sort of courage to pick up the phone and do that also comes into play during an open house. Um, I think, I think that's courageous to go up to somebody who walks in and say, Hey, I'd love to tell you. I mean, I don't think that's easy either. No. Um, go not ahead. I'm one sorry. of my strengths, not one of my strengths. I was never good at an open house. So that's something I did as little as possible. I was, I was not very good at coming up to strangers and creating a good conversation with them. Yeah, it's it's tricky too because I I really do believe it's like when you go into um, uh, any sort of store where there's salespeople, retail establishment, and I'm a pretty extroverted guy, but mostly I just want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. So e even um, I'm very polite to people who come up to me, but rarely I, I I I I always applaud people that just come up when I go into you know a Banana Republic, let's say, and they go, "Hey, can I help you?" And I was like, "No, I'm just browsing." But, um, but I always see that as, as, as a good skill to have. Um, and I think picking up the phone and calling, you know, um, even, even neighbors of listings, which I think is such a great idea. And I think, 
I'm curious if you still do that today. So if you get a listing and it closes, um, are you contacting still making those kind of cold calls to the neighbors nearby saying, hey, by the way, I, I help so-and-so um, or do you not do that anymore? Do you do it a different way? I stopped doing that years ago. Really, when the do not call list came out, I yeah. was like, yes, I, that was my excuse. I don't have to do this anymore because most people are on that list. So I stopped doing it pretty much about that time. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good rule of thumb <laughs> that uh, if you had to guess, uh, does this person want these kind of calls? And, 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 and then they might even think they're on the do not call and they might not be. And then right. you look like a jerk because they thought they were on there and it's not your fault. But yeah. Um, so I'm just curious. Um, so fast forwarding all the way. Oh, I, I would love to know at what point you started your own brokerage. Um, how long into your career before you, you decided to go off on your own? I started it 10 years ago. So I was already in the wow. business about 20, 25, 26 years when, when I started my own company. But uh, I started it 10 years ago. And at that time, we, I had a vision of, I, I didn't use the office very much. I was always out of the office on appointments. Being sure. an introvert, I guess, maybe I didn't like being in the office and around people so much because I had a lot of interruptions all the time. So sure. I prefer to work at home by myself. You know, that's a real introvert thing to do, right? So I could sure. be sitting in my home at my computer, doing my research there, and then going out to the appointment and then coming back home. So I thought 10 years ago, you know what? We could do, we could do away with the office and become a virtual company. And totally. 10 years ago, we were kind of on the early part of that trend. Yeah, now, you guys were pioneers at that. Yeah, now it's not as big a deal. But 10 years ago, it was very unusual. But we created a virtual company 10 years ago for that reason. Wow, you were really ahead of the curve. It's And I'll, and I'll tell you, just with respect to where I work, we have uh, just under 800 agents here. We have two physical offices and 99% of our brokers never come in. And in yeah. fact, that's not strictly because of COVID, I'm even pre-COVID, um, nobody ever came in. And, yeah. and we, you know, our, our agents can use the office 24 seven, we'll give them access anytime they, they want to. Um, yeah, nobody does. And, and mm -hmm. I think um, what's great too, uh, one of the things that's happened, which I thought, I'd be curious to get your opinion on, which is, you know, during COVID, of course, I think a lot of us in, in uh, you know, became, um, familiar with doing, you know, uh, online meetings, uh, Zoom in particular, and then mm -hmm. there's lots of, you know, different versions uh, of that technology. But I think that, you know, even people who are retired are probably jumped on a Zoom meeting during that time with their family or maybe a right. FaceTime thing. But, but certainly, um, I think we just got conditioned now to we all sort of go, oh, online meetings are, are really easy and doable. And we're sort of used to it. And and I think that I'm curious on, you know, your take on, um, as an introvert, uh, I imagine that that was very welcome for you because you could en enable people to be more, uh, use to not having face-to-face, -face. not that you don't want to have face-to-face. -face, I'm sure you, you do, but it's nice that you don't always have to anymore. I, I always thought real estate is all belly to belly and, and eye to eye and, and maybe a lot of it is, but, um, but I think it's becoming a lot more virtual not just even the fact that, you know, the office is, 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 is virtual, but I'm curious if, if that experience, if the client experience for you has changed or your processes have changed since COVID where now we're all conditioned to just doing, doing things virtually. Oh yeah. I love zoom. Um, I, I've started meeting buyers for the first time. I do my initial introduction and meeting and get to know them on zoom 
rather than meeting them in person. So that's great. And also, um, for the company, I started doing our sales meetings on zoom and I haven't stopped it since then, because even before COVID, a lot of times people were grumbling, Oh, I have to drive to the office or so much. I mean, not the office, but where we had the meeting and there was so much traffic, you know, now zoom's easier. They can do it at their home and we can have the meeting. So I do a lot of meetings on zoom now. And yeah, it, it definitely suits my style very well. I'm curious too, if you've had any uh, buyers in particular who are open to you doing virtual showings where maybe you're at the property or, or one of your agents is there, you know, who's on either a zoom or FaceTime or, or some sort of uh, conferencing uh, video software where, you know, they're like, Hey, um, you know, and they walk around, uh, has, have you started to see, uh, you know, are you able to do those? Have you started um, curious if, if that's been working for you or if you've tried that yet? I've done that for a long time, actually. I've done that before COVID even for, for years and years. Um, the reason is uh, not that I didn't want to show people homes in person, but a lot of my clientele were military and they did oh, not get a house hunting trip into town. So mm-hmm. they bought, they wanted to have a home ready when they moved to El Paso. So we would walk through a bunch of homes via Zoom or FaceTime or, or Skype or something, and we would tour homes that way, and they would pick a home and buy it. But I, I've done that for years, so that really wasn't wow. a change. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's amazing. It's just I'm just so glad our audience can hear that these sort of things are possible and not out of, out of range. Um, but I, I would love to talk about, as opposed to thinking of introverts as, as being disadvantaged, uh, because I don't think that's necessarily true. I just think there's probably more extroverted realtors. So it's easy to think, oh, that might actually not be a strength to be introverted and to try to grow a real estate uh, practice. Um, obviously your, your proof that it has, it, it isn't, um, a challenge, uh, or rather it isn't a debilitating challenge. Um, uh, and I've had lots of introverts actually on our show who who say, oh my gosh, I love being an introverted realtor. But for those of our audience who maybe feels, you know, gosh, uh, I don't know how to incorporate my introvertedness uh, into my business. I'm curious on, you know, what advantages you think introverts have? Oh, sure. There's a lot of advantages. And I tell you what, looking back on my career, I believe whatever success I've achieved has come from being an introvert. That has really been the main advantage that has enabled to set me apart. And um, before I go into the advantages real quickly, let me just mention that there are a lot of introverted realtors I've come to find. And I've also come to find that the majority of the top realtors are introverts, which you might not suspect, but they, they are. And so advantages are are many, but um, it all starts with uh, being quieter and not pushy. When you meet a client, I don't know about you, but um, I don't like pushy salespeople. I don't think most people do. If you go into a store or look at a car or something, you don't want someone coming up to you and trying to push you in to buy something right away. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, consumers oftentimes fear that when they meet a realtor, they're going to be pushy also and aggressive and they're going to have to try to fend them off. So when I first meet clients, they see that I'm quite a bit different. I'm quieter. I'm soft-spoken. I listen a lot more than I talk. I don't, I'm not super talkative. So I listen to them. I find out what they want. It's all about them. And I think when you let people talk more, it makes them feel important, first of all, and yeah. it makes them feel appreciated and it makes them feel understood. And they just start to feel comfortable working with me. 
because I'm not trying to sell them a house. I'm not pushing them into one. I'm not trying to be aggressive. So they start feeling comfortable with me. They'll open up more, tell me what they really like and don't like. And I kind of morph into more of an advisor role than a salesperson role. And um, it's just, it's a great way to build up the trust. And um, it just has really worked. They, they find that I'm, I'm different and than they expected. And we hit it off real well. And it has led to some good long-term relations with past clients too. Yeah, I... I appreciate you you mentioning that. And I think too, that like attracts like, right. And, and I think that, you know, certainly being extroverted, there are people that, that enjoy a more forward sort of presentations type of, of, of broker who, who does sort of give the, the song and dance routine. Mm -hmm. um, however, I think the vast majority of us don't prefer sales people, as you said, um, we, we prefer consultants. We all want the consultant experience. It makes mm -hmm. us feel important. Um, and what does a consultant do? They go into, to, you know, a, a, a you know, a, a individual or, 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 a, or business. And they say, tell me about what, what you want or what your problems are. And then let me come back to you with some ideas, uh, after that. And they come back. And I think that that is essentially sort of how you described a bit of your process, although I overly simplified it, but this idea of listening, um, I mean, this is, uh, Dale Carnegie 101, right? Um, the, uh, uh, this is, you know, get interested in people, learn about them, talk less, listen more. I think um, that is, I, I once interviewed a, a woman uh, very early on in the show who is one of the top realtors in, in here in Chicago. And I said, tell me how, what your process is when you work with a client. And she said um, that with buyers in particular, she sits them down in her office and she goes, usually the meetings last about an hour or more because I just ask them probably a hundred questions about, I want to know exactly what they want. And, and then I say, okay, give me some time. I'm going to come up with some ideas and, and come, come back to you. And, and I, again, it seems so obvious to top producers that that is everyone's process and it, it isn't. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you're right. I think this idea of listening is obviously a skill that introverts have um, in droves. And, and that is such an important skill because you're right, it makes people feel comfortable and it also makes them feel important. Like you said that, oh, wow, someone's listening to me. Right. Um, yeah. Right. So like uh, networking, uh, for example, or in big group settings, I'm not good at it at all. I'm, I'm not going to make many connections, but real estate is not networking. It's a one-on-one -on -one business. It's just- yeah the realtor and the client in front of them and introverts can be excellent at making those deep one-on-one -on -one connections and extroverts can be much better at working a room and meeting a whole bunch of people, but going deep with one person and introverts can be very good at that. So that that's another one of the big advantages. I, and I think you're right that top producers tend to be more introverted. I would be really curious if national association of realtor ever does a study where they just interview agents and, and ask them how they identify and, and what their production is. I would be very curious to see what percentage are introverts. Cause I, I, I think you're right. And I think that the reason why agents become so successful is this is a referral based business. Mm -hmm. And I think the extroverted activities, although can be certainly incredibly successful. Um, but um, I think the idea of building strong, deep relationships with people one-on-one uh, -on -one is, is obviously what introverts tend to prefer energy wise. And that 
is hopefully, I imagine, has led to a lot of referrals. Um, I imagine a good chunk of your business is, is referral-based, if not all of it, I imagine. The majority of my business nowadays is referral-based, right? I I mean, I've probably had in the last uh, month or two about 10 listings, all from past clients, So, which is great. I love it. And I love when they go way, way back. Um, I had one earlier this year that was my furthest back client that ever came back to me to sell. It was like 32 years ago, she bought the house and then she contacted me to, to resell. And I, I've got one house now that's coming on the market. They bought for me 20 years ago. So I have people that go way back because I, I mean, we develop a good relationship and I stay in touch with them, which uh, I, again, probably another strength of introverts is following up, following through. Uh, We tend to be more detail oriented perhaps and do more research, but we're good at following up with people and being organized. Yeah, following up with people might be, in my opinion, the strongest client skill once you get clients to have. And obviously, uh, there's probably nothing more important than, than follow up, <laughs> especially even after a sale, right? That's that's when a lot of times follow up stops for, for agents and remembering, trying to remember, boy, I built a really strong relationship with this person. I, I would, should probably keep it going. I'm curious to ask you about social media, which is I think oftentimes misunderstood as an extroverted exclusive activity where I'm, I'm showcasing my life. Um, certainly people have different boundaries around what they're willing to share personally or privately with the public, um, what, what part of their private life they're willing to share, if any. Um, I'm curious on how social media works for someone like yourself. Is that a big part of your business? Is it, is it something you, you don't participate in? So I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. I do very little social media. I get almost none of my business from social media. Um, I'm not a big fan of it. I put things out there from time to time, but very little. I go through phases. Sometimes I enjoy it. And I'm in a phase right now where I'm not doing it so much. Um, But uh, that's never been a very big part of my business. And I I think that's important for our, our audience to hear because they're likely hearing from a lot of different sources. You have to be on social. That's where you end up, you know, developing relationships. And, and I like the fact that that's not been your path and, and it doesn't, maybe it doesn't play to your strengths or it's something you don't enjoy. And it's nice to where you can say, Hey, I'm, I'm still a top producer and I don't really participate much on social. And it doesn't seem to have affected your business because I think, you know, the relationships you've built with people are, are the very most important part of, of how to build a business. Um, so I'm curious on, on what other strengths I, you know, you mentioned being detail oriented and being sort of number oriented, which, you know, being good with, with, with figures, um, isn't necessarily an introverted trait, although it certainly could be, but just being, be able to focus on those type of activities, uh, I'm curious how that sort of set you apart, maybe from other agents um, who aren't as strong in that way. Um, I, I, well, the the follow up is one of the most important things, like you said, um, and also keeping calm under pressure. Um, let me deal with the follow up first. Um, I early in my career, I heard a study that after within six months of after you close on the house, most buyers cannot remember the name of their realtor or even the company they work for. Isn't so that amazing? yeah, they're yeah. going to, they're going to forget you immediately if you don't keep in touch with them. So I always look at it like my, my communication with them just starts at the closing. So 
I'm very, I'll, I'll stay in periodic regular contact with them for years and years and years and years after closing. I mean, and never stops. So I, I'm very detailed that way and very good on the follow-up. So that helps. And if then, you don't mind me asking, I just want to pause for a second because I want to just drill down just a slight, slight bit on that because you just said something very important, which is I, you know, I once the home closes, that's really the beginning of of my communication or at least uh, the follow up communication. Um, how do you stay in touch? Um, are, are you making? Are we doing phone calls? Is it email? Is it texting? Is it anything on social? Um, you know, what are the strategies? Is it mailers? Um, you know, what are you doing to, to periodically reach those people that are already in the past of, of clients? Okay. Well, a few different things. Um, I, I, I went to a real estate convention years ago and Brian Buffini was a speaker there. Yeah. And um, he was talking about he, he gave out a, a tape back in the day afterwards of, you know, of what he recommended doing. And I heard him talk about doing pop buys where you stop yeah. by a client's house and drop off a little gift. And I was thinking to myself, I wish I had thought of that. I don't know why I never thought of it myself, but I can see myself doing that. So I started doing it. I started just popping by past clients' house periodically and dropping off a gift. And they were so surprised to see me at first because usually when the sale's over, they think that's the last they're going to ever hear of their realtor. But I would stop by and I I would give them various different things throughout the year. But my favorite thing always was the Girl Scout cookies because you can buy a box of Girl Scout cookies for four bucks. And what else can you give somebody for $4 that they're going to love? I mean, everyone loves Girl Scout cookies. Everyone, yeah. $4, you can make them so happy. And that is so much cheaper advertising than anything you can spend anywhere else on Zillow or anywhere else you want to talk about. Spend four bucks on the people that supported you and they give you referrals and repeat business. So I would pop by their house year after year after year. And like the home I just listed that I mentioned that I sold them the home 20 years ago, they've got two sons in high school now that weren't even born when they bought the home. And when I came over to the house, the parents introduced me. They said, this is the guy that's been dropping off the Girl Scout cookies for us. And so the kids all love me when I came over. And um, so I do pop buys and I'll, I follow it up with personal notes because people oh. never get handwritten notes in the mail. No, right? the, oh, boy. I just want to pause for a second. Personal notes. And this is, this is straight out of the Buffini play, the Buffini playbook. So I love, I love this um, pop buys and personal notes, handwriting notes. Uh, you know, if I get, outside of birthday anniversary, you know, the, the December holidays outside of the major holidays, which I get very few handwritten notes anyway, during those, I get no handwritten notes outside of that. Right. Hardly anybody ever gets a handwritten note. You just get junk mail, maybe bills in the mail, but if you ever get a handwritten note, it's going to be the first thing you open like, Oh, who wrote me? What is this about? So I love the handwritten notes because it makes you stand out from the crowd. And then the third thing I do as, as uh, Brian Buffini says is, I make phone calls to my past clients and I know a lot of realtors, extroverts, as well as introverts, they dread picking up the phone and calling right. their past clients. Like they think, what do I say to them? Uh, you know, and, but uh, I found out it's very easy. I mean, there's, there's nothing fancy. You just call them up and say, Hey, how are you doing? Just was thinking about you. and wanted to see how you're enjoying your house. That's it. Yeah, that's all you have to say. Goes. Yeah. And they appreciate it. Cause again, they think they can't believe you remembered them. And so that's all it takes and just keep in touch with them periodically and, and your business will flourish from there. It's, it's 100% could not agree more. And, you know, for everyone thinking, 
and look, I, I believe it's scary too to pick up a phone and call a past client. Um, and, and even, especially if you haven't been contacting that client for, for several years right. and you think, oh boy, now I'm embarrassed. I think, you know, personally, I think, you know, you could always, if you feel that way, you could always call them and say, Hey, I just wanted to apologize. I have not done a great job of staying in touch, but I, my, my goal this year is to make sure that I, I stay in touch with my, my clients. You were so good to me. Um, and by the way, just wanted to check in, see how everything's going or it, it, you know, as you mentioned, that's, it could be that simple. How's the home? How, how's everything going? Um, but you could also ask too, like, you know, how, how, how is the, you know, how is, uh, maybe not asking so much about the pandemic, but hey, has your work situation changed? Are you working from home these days? You could just find out what's going on in their life um, and or call them on their anniversary of buying the home. Say, hey, mm -hmm. five years ago, you bought this home. I don't know if you remembered it was this day, but yeah. I wanted to call and say, hey, happy five-year anniversary. Um, and it doesn't have to be scary. Yeah, exactly. Those are great ideas. And, and you're going to find that they love hearing from you. They'd be so impressed that you remembered them and think about them and it makes them feel special. So I, and I, most of the time, you're probably going to get the voicemail anyway. So true. that so, is true. Yeah. So you can always, which, which is even in, in some ways easier because then you can just leave that exact same message. It's like, Hey, I was thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. Um, and, and just even this demonstration that I care, I, I care about you. Um, I imagine you're not somebody that asks for business. Um, uh, although I, I certainly don't know. Um, no, uh, I, I ask them if they might know anybody. I never ask them directly for business, but I say, sure. do you know, do you know anybody else that is thinking about buying or selling a house? And after a while, it becomes so conditioned to thinking about sending you referrals that uh, you get them. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, what other advantages uh, do you think? Like, I'm curious, do you think introverts or, or somebody like yourself, who's, who's very number focused, um, I imagine that gives you a competitive advantage when it comes to running uh, CMAs um, and just assessing value. You, you, you're a numbers guy. Um, and I'm curious on how you think that translates uh, into, you know, better servicing your clients. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, uh, we introverts don't like to wing it. We like to be very well prepared and organized before the appointment. So I'll do my research before a listing appointment, have information with me. And when I come over to the house, if they talk to a realtor before, so often I hear you were so much more prepared or had so much more information than the last realtor I talked to. So yeah, I'll have a thorough CMA. I'll have all kinds of data for them. And it impresses them on, on my uh, knowledge of the market. So that definitely is a big help. And that's certainly another one of the big advantages. And, and, you know, and just to sort of give a, uh, not, not an example myself, but like I identify more as, as an extrovert. Um, however, I prefer working with introverts because I don't want to be sold either. I want somebody that's like, Hey, I've done a bunch of work here and I want to want you to digest it and review it and I'll help you understand it. But I would much prefer that versus somebody who's fun and nice and, and not that you're not fun and nice as well, but somebody who, who that becomes really their presentation about how, how, you know, uh, how they act, um, you know, and, 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 and more of that deeper emotional sort of thing. Um, I think that, that I much prefer, I don't like a lot of that. I like somebody that says, Hey, here's a bunch of work I did and take a look at it and then let's discuss it. Um, so I think that introverts don't even necessarily have to only work with introverts, of course. Um, so I imagine that makes you uh, very valuable um, coming in and, and, you know, I know also realtors who show up with a blank, uh, blank pad of paper. 
and they're, they wing it and mm-hmm. somehow it works for them. I'm, I'm not sure how, but, um, some people are, are maybe better at presenting themselves, uh, off the cuff. Um, but I certainly wouldn't show up unprepared. No, I wouldn't either. But like you said, there's all different styles in real estate and all different ways you can succeed. There's, there's more than one path up the mountain. So, um, different ways to do it for different people. Totally. And, and that's, what's great about there's great real estate coaching, um, as well. And now with the advent of, of podcasts and, and video streaming is it's so easy to find other realtors who in your podcast is a great example. And for everyone listening again, please look up the real estate on salesperson podcast. So, uh, easiest way to find that you just go to the real estate on salesperson.com or just pull up a podcast app, search for real estate on salesperson, hit that subscribe button. But um, tell us a little bit about the, oh, I, before we get to your show, I want to just really quickly ask you, um, how did you last and, and not only last, but thrive over the last three decades, which is really difficult. This is a hard industry. It's a tough job, um, tough career, but you have obviously um, done very, very well. And I'm curious if you have any suggestions for audience about, you know, staying power, um, you know, maybe when it's not so much fun, how do you keep going? Yeah. Well, you have to constantly evolve the business and the world are always changing. So what works today may not work tomorrow. So you always have to be looking at where, where the world is going, where the industry is going, stay abreast of it and try new things. I always, always try to add a new marketing technique to my mix every year and, and test it out and see what works. Cause looking back, um, my number one source of leads has probably changed about five, six times throughout my career where my business comes from. So I, I know people now who are in business 30 years ago and they have not kept up with the times whatsoever. They do yeah. things like they did 30 years ago. They don't know how to do electronic signatures or, or anything on the internet. And they're really like dinosaurs now, but you have to, you have to keep up with the times and, and evolve and, and always try new things out. Yeah. And the good news is there's no shortage of tools out there. I was just at the NAR conference and was in the expo hall and there were several mm-hmm. hundred vendors there, most of them tech companies, or at least it seemed like most of them were, were, were those types of, of companies. There's just so many tools out there. And, and I think you can get sort of, you know, swallowed up in, in, in the, the rabbit hole of, of real estate tech. But if you're not at least keeping abreast of it and understanding, you know, what efficiencies exist, like, you know, I'm, I'm shocked whenever I talk to an agent who comes from a brokerage where they're not using electronic signature, I'm like, wow, you know, we started using that like 10 years ago and Mm -hmm. and we weren't, I didn't think we were at the forefront of that, but I guess maybe we were one of the early adopters, but, but yeah, there's really great technology that can assist, especially with things like reminding you to call somebody on their home anniversary and CRMs can do that. Um, But I'm curious if you have any other tips for, I would like to ask actually about getting started. So if you were getting started today and you have brokers at your firm, and I imagine you probably have new brokers from time to time, um, how are you, what are you telling them to do to get started, especially if they're on the introverted side? Okay. Um, First of all, I would tell them um, to look for their sphere of influence. If they have one, if they're, if they're been in the city for a while and let's let them know that you're in the business, but in an unsalesy manner, we're not going to call them up and hit them over the head and say, Hey, do you have business or do you need, you need to buy or sell a home? I'm real estate now. 
I would simply drop them off a gift or even play businesses that you um, frequent restaurants, um, hair salons, beauty parlors, wherever you go, vet your vet's office, your doctor, drop off a little gift, a, a box of Girl Scout cookies or a box of something and say, Hey, just want you know, let you know I'm now in real estate. If you know anyone else looking to buy or sell a home, please let me know. So just an easy way to get a non-threatening way to get the word out. So that's a good way to do it. And um, I would just uh, let people know to have the confidence you can be yourself. You don't have to try to be like uh, fit a certain mold or be like you're not, and you can do it. But uh, I would start with that sphere of influence. Number one, I think that's the best way to go. If you have it, if you, if you're new to town, then that's going to be um, a little bit different story, but you still probably know some people or use some services and you can start there. And, and also just the, the idea of having patience and understanding that your sphere is ready when they're ready. And um, all you really have to do, although it's not just as simple as, as I'm sure you would agree, but is making sure they know that that's what you do <laughs> and mm -hmm. that you're do it, going that extra mile and, you know, maybe dropping off the $4 box of boy, what I just realized the return on investment, you know, even if you, even if you visited a hundred homes, you know, and spent 400 bucks, uh, which obviously when you get started, you might not necessarily have that. Um, but if you do have that, uh, I would be shocked if you didn't get one sale out of that. Uh, yeah. You probably get a lot more than that. And boy, is that cheap compared to what you could spend uh, somewhere else to try to get business. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really does. I've always felt too, like whatever the gift is, I mean, a handwritten note is essentially free. Well, maybe it's a dollar altogether. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, boy, just to make somebody cheer up, cheer them up a little bit with a little gift, with, with a $4 box of thin mints or, um, <laughs> you know, the... Uh, uh, I forgot. I forgot what the Girl Scout mint cookies are called. Um, thin, but, thin mints. You got it. Yeah, thin mints or uh, Samoas or whatever. Um, you know, or just a one dollar handwritten note that says, "Hey, I was thinking about you. I hope you're doing okay." Mm -hmm. Especially like right now, you could still send out. You know, um, hey, I, I, I didn't. You know, I'm curious on. Hope everything is going well for you. I know it's been a trouble, a difficult couple of years, but hopefully, you and your family are good. I was just thinking about you guys. Um, that's, a, that's an amazing handwritten note that mm -hmm. um, probably mm -hmm. no one else is doing. No, and people uh, would love getting it. Sure. And, and I, and we're, we're running really low on time here. So, and I apologize um, for that. I could talk to Barry all day, but Barry, before we wrap up, please tell us about the podcast. Okay. So I created the podcast, the real estate on salesperson, just to encourage and inspire other people that you can be successful in real estate, even if you don't think you're salesy or maybe not a prototypical salesperson or an introvert. Actually, you have the tools to be super successful. So I created to encourage people that they can do it. They can do it without having to be outgoing or extroverted. And you also interview guests, you have guests on your show and you discuss, uh, just tell us about some of those conversations. What, what do you, what's the primary discussion? Right. Okay. I have a solo show on Monday and then I do guests every Thursday and my guests will be most of the time they're introverted realtors talking about how they do it, how they overcame their challenges and where they get their business from and, and how it works for them. And from time to time, I'll have people um, outside the real estate field, but somewhat related um, to it. Um, I have someone coming up um, in a couple of weeks who is a, a personal trainer who, so it's not right in real estate, but I, I, you have to be in good physical shape to give your best in oh, real estate. So no question. he's talking about 
how you can stay in shape to do real estate. Just five easy, quick steps you can take to get in good physical condition. So I have a related speaker sometimes too. I love that. And, and I, I, that, in, that really inspires me to think about a little bit outside of the box of just interviewing top producers like yourself to think about other parts of, of wellness. Um, and, and certainly physical health is, is one. So everyone who's listening, please, please give, uh, give, a, give a chance and listen to uh, Barry's podcast, which is the real estate on salesperson. You can find that by visiting the real estate on salesperson.com. We'll be promoting it as well. Um, it's also in our show notes here, or just pull up a podcast app, look, search for real estate on salesperson and, uh, and, and hit that subscribe button and listen. Um, it's an amazing service. Barry is providing uh, very uh, similar in, in his mission to our podcast. So consider him a colleague. Um, and, and we're really uh, honored to, to have Barry on the show today. And by the way, if you're a realtor in the El Paso area and, and you would like to learn more about Barry and his company, obviously you can reach out to Barry as well. If you're in the El Paso area, you probably know about Barry, uh, but we'll have a link to, uh, to his uh, information as well in the show notes, but feel free to reach out to him. And also if you think you might be a great guest for Barry's podcast, reach out to him as well. Again, the real estate on salesperson.com. Um, Barry, I, I'm really, really happy to have you. I'm sorry our time is, is coming to a close, but um, I, I definitely want to talk to you about even possibly having you on more regularly to, to, to tackle these type of issues because I think there's so much we, we, could, uh, we could go over. Um, so um, I think this is, as Barry was saying with his clients, um, the end of this podcast might hopefully be the beginning of, of other things that we can do together. So I'm really uh, excited to continue that conversation. Um, but um, we really appreciate your time today. On behalf of our audience, we want to say thank you for giving us an hour of your time, which I know is not is in short supply because of how successful and busy you are running a brokerage and of course working with clients and doing a podcast. So I know how hard that is. Um, so thank you on behalf of our clients and on behalf of Barry and myself, we want to thank our audience for continuing to listen and support our show. Again, please support Barry's show. Go ahead and subscribe. Um, and also subscribe to our show. If you're not already a subscriber, uh, go on to whatever podcast app you use, search for Keeping It Real. There's a few other Keeping It Real podcasts, which was not smart of me when I, or, or maybe they started after I started years ago, but but either way, look for the one that has the word DJ in it, which is me, hit that subscribe button, or just go to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've done, you can stream right from the website. And lastly, tell a friend, think of one other realtor, if you have an introverted realtor, by the way, somebody you should also recommend Barry's podcast. So think of one other uh, agent that could benefit from hearing this great interview with Barry or who would be a great person to listen to Barry's show and send them links to our, our, uh, our show. We really would appreciate it. It's how we grow. And um, we really appreciate Barry, your time. So thank you so much. And um, we look forward to seeing everyone on the next episode. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, DJ. It was a pleasure. And you've got a great show. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Well, I am super excited to check out your show because I, I wish I would have come up with the idea first because you, you beat me to it and likely would have done a better, doing a better job with it of, uh, of talking to introverts um, and talking about different ways. Um, so anyway, Barry, thank you so much. We will see thank everyone you. on the next episode.